This is the Healthy Free Life Show, where you're going to learn a new way to eat and live healthy for the glory of God. I'm your health coach, Katrina Sequenzia, and I'm on a mission to help Christians get healthy, ditch disease, lose weight, and find food freedom. So if you're ready to get healthy and free so you can live that abundant life that you've been promised, then let's do the thing. Why, oh why, is it so hard to break up with sugar and unhealthy carbs? In the last episode, episode number 27 of the Healthy Free Life Show, which is titled How to Stop Sugar Cravings, Part 1, I talked about the realities of sugar and what happens to our bodies when we eat it and why it is so vitally important for us to start breaking up with sugar. Well, in this podcast, Part 2, We will be continuing the conversation and we're going to dive into cravings specifically, and we're going to talk about the reasons why we crave. But most importantly, I want to share some tools with you on how to break up with sugar, which leads me to an exciting announcement. And that is our Conquer Your Cravings live virtual event is back and it starts on October 14th. And you and me, we are going to spend two weeks together where I will show you exactly what to do in order to finally conquer those cravings. You can learn more and register by going to healthyfreelife.com forward slash cravings. Again, that's healthyfreelife.com forward slash cravings. I'll be sure to put that link in our episode show notes. But listen, don't leave. Don't go there yet. I I will remind you, we will remind you again at the end of our episode here, and then you can head over to register, okay? All right, so super exciting. Chris is actually here joining us in this conversation because he is such a wealth of knowledge. I always love when he's here. I hope by now you know Chris, and I don't have to introduce him each and every time, but just in case... Chris is my husband, my ministry partner. He's also a physical therapist and a strength coach and a female metabolism expert. And he's the creator of our exercise and movement programs, including our beloved workout videos. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for uh, having me back again. So glad you're here. And before we get started, we're going to be talking a lot about sugar and Mm -hmm. sugar cravings, but a little side note up front. When we say sugar in this video... I also want everyone to know that it's also processed carbohydrates that are in this category. So a lot of people will be like, oh, Katrina, I don't have sugar cravings. I really am fine, but I struggle with bread or chips or- Chips and pretzels all day. Yeah, exactly. And so listen, if sweet things aren't your downfall, but bread or chips are, then I want you to insert whatever that- processed carbohydrate is. So bread, for example, anytime I say sugar, because processed carbohydrates convert quickly into sugar in our bodies. They basically act the same. So now that that's out of the way, let's dive into cravings. So why do we crave sugar and carbs? And listen, there are so many reasons why we crave certain foods and we give into eating them. Well, you need to understand that it's not just one reason or even two, but there are multiple reasons why we crave. And Chris and I could literally sit here for hours listing all of them. We could probably fill an entire book just on cravings. Mm-hmm. But in this podcast, we want to just highlight the most critical things we feel you need to know as it relates to why you crave. And I know that you think that these cravings are mental and emotional, right? Because maybe you think that you lack willpower or self-discipline, so there's something wrong with you. And when you give into cravings, you feel defeated or you feel like a failure. Or maybe you eat whenever you experience emotions like stress, anxiety, boredom, sadness, or happiness. You think that these cravings are emotional, 
But I'm here to tell you that it is so much more complex than this. Yes, there are mental reasons why we crave, but there's also body and spirit reasons why we crave. So we must consider all of them and realize it might not just be one reason, but multiple reasons. So today we're going to talk about the nine reasons why we crave. You ready? I'm ready. All right. First, you need to understand that there are body reasons, there are mind reasons, and there are spirit reasons. And so we're going to kind of go through each of these categories. And so we're going to start with body reasons why we crave. So there are several of them. In fact, there will be there will be six reasons why we crave when it comes to body. First reason why we crave is that we are biologically wired to crave sweet foods. We were actually designed to crave sweet foods. Sweetness in plants is God's way of helping us to identify if a food is safe to eat. So for instance, kale, peppers, onions, and brown rice, they are all sweet. You might not think so, but they are, trust me. And then extremely sweet things like fruit and honey, those were more rare. But not only is it there to help us identify if food is safe to eat, but there's another reason why we are wired to crave sweet foods. And why is that? Well, part of it is survival. Um, when back in our ancestries, uh, we were we were out in the wilderness and there were things like bears and things like that that could possibly come and attack. And what sugar does is it actually gives you like, we consider it like jet fuel. Like it's a quick uh, for, source of fuel for your body to be able to do powerful, quick movements. So if you were being chased by something, you needed that storage of fuel to be able to survive, to get away from that danger. Um, so that's partially why we have that. It's because it we need it as a quick source of energy to either either possibly be running away from something or even just doing really hard manual labor that we used to have to do where we'd have to move stones and things like that. Like if you don't have that sugar in your system, it's going to be much harder to do that. We used to have to work physically for our food right? and we no longer need to do that. We we could just open the pantry. Yeah. We don't really have to, many people don't have to work hard even for their, you know, their actual employment. So, um, you know, we don't necessarily need jet fuel to be able to type on a keyboard. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, but thanks to industrialization and food corporations, and because we've basically outsourced all of our manual labor, sugar and one of its 200 different names is found in most all processed foods. In fact, sugar is found in at least 74% of all packaged foods on the shelves in the grocery stores. And one of the main reasons why they add sugar is because they, the food corporations, better understand than you do that when they add sugar and other little chemicals and ingredients into the food, that consumers can get addicted to them. And then what happens is then we are going to crave and we're going to want to return to that food over and over again, like an animal in the wilderness is going to return mm-hmm. to the same spot if they found something good and tasty, right? We're no different. And so this is going to not help. This is going to increase our waistline and it's also going to increase their profits. Right. So who's winning here? The food industry has taken what the Lord has intended for good and has perverted it and used it for evil and it's bringing us harm. So that kind of leads us into the second reason why we crave, and that is because sugar is an addictive substance, and it's just as addictive as cocaine. So 
how and why do we get addicted to sugar? So what I want to do is I want to kind of take you into what actually happens with addictions in general. And when it comes to sugar, it's really no different. So to really understand why we have developed this addiction to sugar, we need to understand what it does in our brains. When we eat it, sugar dramatically alters your brain chemistry. And one of the primary chemicals that's involved is called dopamine. And dopamine is a chemical in the brain that allows nerve cells in your brain to communicate. And it it excites these cells in our brain. Now, our bodies produce dopamine in order to encourage life-sustaining behaviors. So dopamine is a good thing. And ultimately what dopamine does is it encourages growth and development and survival of both ourselves and the human species. Dopamine is not a bad thing, but too much dopamine, that is a bad thing. You see, dopamine controls pleasure in the brain. So when dopamine is released, we experience pleasure and it's a reward we experience to keep us coming back for more. When it comes to sugar, there's a huge surge of dopamine that's being released when we eat it. This is why we can momentarily feel pleasure when we eat something sweet and yummy and you have that feeling of like, ah, that felt good. And what happens though is over time, if we eat sugar frequently, our bodies will get used to these high levels of dopamine. And then when we aren't eating those sugary foods, what's going to happen is our body craves the dopamine hit. And so it's going to tell us to eat more sugar. So we're going to have these continual cravings. And for some, this becomes a true addiction. And the problem is, is that a tolerance starts to be built because our brain cannot deal with that much dopamine. And so it starts to protect itself from this excess dopamine. And so what's going to happen is we require more and more sugar to get the same feel good high as that initial hit, similar to someone who is addicted to drugs. In fact, studies show that sugar is just as addictive as cocaine and it lights up the same parts of your brain that cocaine does. And get this, when a cocaine-addicted lab rat gets a choice between sugar and cocaine, it picks sugar. So if that's the case, sugar is more addictive than cocaine. But listen, that is not the end of the addiction story. There's more to it. This is critical. There's another brain chemical I want you to know about. It's called serotonin. So if dopamine is the pleasure chemical of the brain, then I want you to think about serotonin as the joy chemical of the brain. And what has happened in our society is that we have mistaken pleasure for joy. We believe that the momentary pleasure we get from food or sugar provides joy. And when in fact, it's the opposite is true. It robs joy. You see, too much dopamine, what it does is it suppresses, it decreases the release of serotonin, our joy chemical. So we are actually experiencing less joy and less happiness. We can even become depressed clinically. And when this happens, what do we do? We eat more sugar to bring us up again. But the problem is, is that we never return to the place of true happiness when sugar is running the show. We just fall deeper and deeper down the addiction path into the pit. And here's a little test to know if you are addicted to sugar and or carbs, or perhaps you're bordering on it. Let me ask you, could you easily give up sugar and processed foods for 10 days? 
if that thought makes you anxious or break into a sweat, or it just seems impossible to you, then you may have a problem. But listen, there's hope. Robert Lustig, who is the author of the book, Hacking of the American Mind, he goes into much more in depth about this dopamine serotonin topic in not only his book, but also in several videos. And so I'm going to link those books and videos inside the episode show notes so that you can fully understand the depth of what is happening here so that you can fully understand how we have allowed sugar and the food industry to hack our minds. And here's what I want you to know. It is not entirely your fault that this has happened. This was carefully orchestrated plan by the food industry to get you to this place. Dare I say, carefully orchestrated by the enemy, taking something that the Lord has made for our good and has used it as a tool for destruction. And listen, we have cooperated. So there is some personal responsibility that we need to take. And most importantly, now that you know, you've got to break free. We must wake up to the truth of what sugar and processed foods are actually doing to us which is keeping us in bondage. So let's talk about the third reason why we crave. And that is when we eat sugar and the wrong carbs, it keeps us craving them. So what's happening here with cravings as it relates to sugar and carbs? Well, the analogy is like a roller coaster. So do you like roller coasters? Yeah, not so much. No, uh, it would be really hard to get you on a roller coaster. Yes, Yes. we actually did go to a fair recently and we did one mini kind of ride and it was up and down, up and down. And it was hilarious to watch your face. It was horrible. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So it was pretty fun. We should have got it on video. But uh, really what happens is the reason why we call it a roller coaster is when you eat sugary foods or um, the wrong type of carbohydrate foods, immediately those foods get digested and the, it gets broken down into sugar and sugar gets dumped into your bloodstream. Well, your body does not want that sugar in your blood, in your body, in your bloodstream, because it's actually toxic. So your body will release a hormone called, uh, insulin. And what insulin does insulin takes the sugar out of the bloodstream and puts it into your cells so that it can get it out of the blood. But the problem is, is when you eat the wrong things, your body will immediately almost overcompensate and push out too much insulin. And then what happens is then your blood sugar now goes from a very high spike to then all of a sudden a really low crash because it almost overshoots its target. So it goes, there's like a baseline, but it goes below the baseline. So now what happens is when you're below the baseline, you're going to feel tired. You're going to feel almost kind of crabby. You're going to be in a bad mood, shaky, shaky. You're just not going to feel good because again, that's almost like an, an emergency situation for your body now. Because you know, your body's like, well, now we don't have enough sugar. Again, sugar is energy. So your body's like, uh oh. And especially if your body's used to running off of sugar, which we all mostly are, and that's, I guess, a talk for another day. But um, because of that, now you're going to get other hormones released to now start craving things so that you can bring the blood sugar back up. Because your, your brain and your body are extremely smart. Yes. They want to keep you alive. Yes. So what's going to happen? It's going to release hormones like cortisol, which we're going to talk about a lot later, but it's a stress hormone, adrenaline, things like that. And those will force you to reach for sugary, carbohydrate-y kind of things. It's because like, your brain knows that when it's reached for those things in the past, like chips, right. cookies, it Cake, whatever, it, 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 it will, it, it will raise it so, back yeah, up. So yeah, so M and M's, like anything quick, like well, I'll just grab a, you know, a, a thing M and M's, and I'll feel better. Right. And so now, then you start going on the roller coaster. Of now you, now because you've eaten that, your blood sugar will spike again, and then you just kind of go throughout the day, kind of on this cycle on this roller coaster. So basically, if we are currently in the heat 
and the height of a craving, we can thank our last sugar carb eating. Yeah, you always can look back. We always talk about this, but you can look back to your either your previous meal or your previous snack and probably will can trace back, you know, why you might be craving what you're craving now. Right. And oftentimes what happens is that, you know, we see so much success with helping people to break free from sugar and get under control. And not that they completely get it out of their life, but no. they're no longer craving and they're no longer in bondage to it. Right. right. But if they do make a choice one day to kind of indulge or overindulge in sugar or carbs right, that day, everybody what, will. which everybody will, we all, we all can take that step back. It is totally normal. But here's the thing. What happens is it can, for some, it can set off those cravings and right. some will like be craving all the next day because of a bad right. day, or they'll be craving for even up to a week. Mm-hmm. And so it has a lot of power that once we kind of give in where we start overindulging on this, you get on, it, the, roller coaster, you get on the roller coaster and, really and you get can't off. get off. Right. right. Until, until you basically write the ship, which is totally doable. But what happens is the more times this, this happens to mm-hmm. you when you like you, once you've gotten off the roller coaster and you're like, hallelujah, I'm off the roller coaster. Right. And then you mistakenly get back, back on, on, right? Like you, like me, you like, oh my goodness. Like, what was I thinking? And right. You had this and then, weak moment. What does it do yeah. though? It tells my brain as soon as I get off, I'm like, I am yeah, never doing, doing that, that again. again. <laughs> well, pretty much the look on your face. And was. so this is what, uh, this is what the power of getting to a place of control and getting into mm-hmm. a place where you're, you're free from that bondage of being a slave. Yeah, then you can to make the a choice. Then you can make a choice. Like if you're at a party, like our, our son had a, had a birthday party this weekend. You can be in a controlled situation. You've, you had good, good breakfast. You had a good lunch. So you're going into this possible landmine of a situation of cupcakes and various things for kids for a party. And you can go into it with a, with a stronger mindset and, uh, and you're just in coming in with it as just a more of a place of power to right. make better decisions. Right. And so will I just, you know, do I just want to do the mini carnival ride or do I want to get on the full right. all out roller coaster? So I'd much rather just do a mini carnival ride and just yeah. know that I'm going to be okay and get off and, and get and, off and, and know that and I didn't it'll be die. a year before you go back on it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe three. Okay. So we've got to get off the roller coaster and then, but we also need, there's an, also another roller coaster we need to get off of. Mm. And that is dieting. Mm-hmm. So, because that leads us to number four is that wrong and extreme dieting can lead to cravings. Mm-hmm. And so this is huge because a lot of people don't realize that when they go on a diet and especially if that diet is a calorie restricted diet to the point of like, Oh, I'm going to do this 1200 to 1500 right. calorie which diet plan, right? Which are. most diets are, mm-hmm. but this could be totally incorrect. This could mm-hmm. be even fatal to our diet efforts. And so what is happening here? Let's talk about what is happening when we go on too restricted of a calorie Mm -hmm. diet, what happens to our metabolism just real briefly, but more importantly, what's happening with cravings? Yeah. Well, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but we kind of, we determine the metabolism as like a stress barometer. So what your body senses is when you're in a, an extreme calorie deficit, meaning you're putting out a lot of energy, a lot of calories, like especially if you're exercising, but then you're not eating a lot. So you're really depriving yourself of the food. Your brain senses that as a big gap, a deficit. So your body doesn't want to be, and your brain does not want to be in that kind of a stressful, it's considered a stressful situation for your body because your body thinks that, and your brain thinks that, you know, we might die and we're, we're not going to be able to reproduce the things that we need to do. So you're, you're your metabolism will push against you and will force you literally to start eating things that are high in calories, high in sugar, to be able to bring that 
deficit back closer. So close the gap. So, and you might, if you're, especially if you're like, said, if you're exercising, then you're going to be like, well, you know, I exercise, so it's okay if I eat that donut or I'll just, again, reach for like that big handful of M&Ms. And if you don't even really realize it's happening is because your brain is, is, and your body is the hormones that are raging inside of you are almost forcing you to do it. And you don't have the willpower to hold it. And they're not going to force you to eat things like kale or broccoli. Well, because it also knows that kale is not as high of, of calories right, as, as like a yeah. handful of M&Ms yeah, would so be. It wants that, it wants that quick fuel and it wants it, it wants you to be able to, again, close that gap that you've created and you, and you're, you, you know, that's what you were told to do as a dieter and just eat as little as you possibly can and exercise as much as you can. And you'll just miraculously lose weight. But unfortunately right. we kind of know the stats that that doesn't work. Yeah. And so we can usually sustain this maybe for a few days, maybe yeah. up to a week to 10 days, but usually after that point, everything will we start. Crash. We start fallen off the wagon if, yeah. it, if we're in too big of a calorie deficit. And I think about some of our students who have, you know, been in situations where they're working with a trainer and mm-hmm. their trainer puts them on a 1200 calorie diet yeah. and they exercise all this. So they have, they're going in with this huge calorie deficit and they're like, they're not losing weight. They're nothing's budging. So what does the trainer do? Oh, we need to decrease your calories. And so I was, I was caring for someone who was eating 800 calories, working out five days a week. And there was no way her body would be able to sustain life at that. So it's no wonder all of these things in her life began to unravel. She was plagued with, yeah, she was plagued with not only inability to lose weight, but she had no energy and she had, um, all of these diseases like hypothyroid and she had autoimmune diseases and, we had to get her a place where her body would be healing. I also think about um, another client, Debbie, who said that she was on such a calorie-restricted diet that she would have to sit on her hands right. to, in order to not let herself eat. All she wanted to do was eat, and she forced herself to sit on her hands. Right. How is this sustainable? It's not. That's We the thing. can't sustain that. Right. And so once we give into it, what happens then at that point is that not only we do we give into it and possibly binge, but mm-hmm. then then we are dealing with all the after effects of that. We're defeated. We feel like a failure. We feel like Shame. we failed again. Shame, which this then just leads to all sorts of other emotions right. that lead us down the path to just uh, go all in on all the wrong foods because this is leads to a all or nothing mentality and that's not sustainable either. So let's talk about number five. And this is a big one that a lot of people don't consider. Maybe the others people have considered, but not getting enough sleep, mm-hmm. not getting enough rest and not getting enough movement, mm-hmm. not exercise movement. And so all of these components, all of these habits in our life, sleep, rest, and movement are vitally important when it comes to cravings. So give us a little insight as to what's happening when mm-hmm. it comes to these things and how they're so vitally important to helping us to crush cravings. Yeah, it all goes back to, all three of those things go back to hormones and stress hormones, specifically cortisol, which we always keep talking about, but just think cortisol is a stress hormone. So anytime your body is under stress, your body's gonna release cortisol. Well, if you don't have enough sleep, that's a stressful situation for your body. You're going to be high, You're going to have higher levels of cortisol if you don't rest throughout the day, um, or if you're just going nonstop, 900 miles an hour all the time. Your cortisol levels are going to be elevated. And what's interesting about movement is, and again, we'll have other podcasts to break this down in more in depth. But movement is just things like walking, moving around throughout the day. Again, our ancestors used to get amazing amount of movement and steps in throughout the day, but now we've kind of outsourced most of that activity. So we don't have to do that. So we sit a lot. Well, 
what movement does is movement actually just walking will actually lower your cortisol levels. So shocking if, if we're not sleeping and we're not resting and we're not moving, those are, it's just a recipe for disaster where it far, as far as elevating your cortisol levels and what does elevated cortisol levels do? It makes you crave. So we're going to, again, because your brain thinks you're under stress and it thinks you might be getting chased by that bear. So it's like, all right, well, we need this fast fuel again because we're under this stress. So what are we going to reach for? We're going to reach for sugary things to kind of get that, that kick, that jolt. Yeah. And I lived so much of my early adult years in this state of sleep deprivation, never resting and Right. And not getting enough movement. Now, maybe I did get movement in. I was a I was a floor yeah, nurse, and so I was walking a, a lot as a registered nurse, but um, not always. I mean, there I had desk, I and had charting. a lot of sitting in different jobs that I did as a nurse during my twenties as well. But it's no wonder that I ate sugar all day long. I woke up and I ate breakfast, mm-hmm. a sugary breakfast, cereal and milk. I had coffee with one or two teaspoons of sugar, and I had multiple cups. Uh, and then all that caffeine coming in is not contributing. And then no. I, you know, ate fast food for lunch. I would go, I would either be one of two places in the afternoon. I was either in a, the local coffee shop, getting a cookie and a coffee, mm-hmm. or I was in the break room getting peanut M&Ms and a Dr. Pepper Twix or bar. a Diet Coke. Yeah. yeah. And, and then like, it just, I was eating sugar all day long because I was in a pl- place of sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. I was a night nurse. I mean, we were so deprived in college as college students. Um, and then I became a night nurse and I was under a lot of stress with my jobs and all of the yeah. things. And I never rested. I didn't, didn't know about rest. And then movement was, was very lacking. So it's no wonder I was a hot mess right. by the time I hit 30. That. No. You have no idea that this stuff is happening behind the scenes. No, because nobody, nobody ever, nobody stuff. told you. And you would think that as a, as a nurse and you as a physical therapist, yeah, no. That we would have learned this in school, but not we didn't. one thing, not at all. So, all right. So that was number five, not getting enough sleep, rest and movement. Those are vital habits that we must have in our life. And now let's talk about number six when it comes to our body. This is our final body one, our pot, final body one. Now you need to understand that there's a lot more than this, but we're just going to talk about this one and, and just leave it here. And in fact, I'm not even going to go into much depth, but let's talk, let's talk about it. Number six, an unhealthy gut. What you need to understand is that your gut, so your large intestine of your body, is a vital organ, and it houses millions of billions of different microbes, little microorganisms that are there to help us out in so many ways. You have no idea the power of your gut. But these are bacteria, they are yeast, there are all sorts of organisms that live within our gut. Some of them are healthy, good bacteria and other organisms, and some of them are unhealthy. And the thing is, is that if we have eaten primarily a standard American diet, and we've consumed a lot of sugar and processed carbohydrates in our life, we are going to be leaning more towards unhealthy microorganisms in our gut. And the thing is, is that some of them, they feed off of sugar, and they are dependent on you actually consuming sugar. And here's what's crazy is that these little microorganisms, they release their own chemicals, Mm -hmm. their own hormonal signals Mm -hmm. to our body that tell our body to eat sugar. So you have these little like screaming minions, screaming minions that aren't even like Uh really you telling you to eat things. So you literally have something in your gut that is screaming out for sugar. And this can especially be be true for things like candida overgrowth. So candida Mm -hmm. is a yeast and it is 
very, very dependent on sugar. And so if you have candida overgrowth, you're going to be craving sugar constantly. And so what we need to do is we need to begin to get to the place where we starve these bad bacteria. But the problem is, is that can be a painful process, but we can absolutely do it. And it's important to bring some health and healing to your gut and get in those healthy microbes and and those healthy bacteria in order to bring some balance with the overgrowth of unhealthy bacteria. And that's definitely going to help with cravings. So again, too big of a, of a conversation to go more in depth here, but just know that we have some other bodily things that are going on as well. So again, a lot more other things that be go- can be going on in your body as it relates to cravings, but those mm-hmm. are the top six. And so now let's talk about mentally. Okay. So again, body, mind, spirit reasons why we crave. So the mind reasons why we crave, there are two of them. First is our minds have created bad habits around food and we eat in response to all sorts of different things. We eat in response to feelings and environments and situations. And you have to realize that your brain wants to automate and make habits out of as much as it can in its life because you can't possibly think and do everything. If you had to think about like how to walk every time you walked, you would like, it would be terrible. Right. But your brain just knows that, Oh, I want to go to the kitchen. It just gets up and it goes right. And it knows exactly what to do because it's automated so many things. And then you end up in the, in the refrigerator and you're grabbing something and it literally, it's already in your mouth and you're like, Like, what what happened? happened? Yeah. Where did that, that how did that go? habit. That's Mm -hmm. a habit loop that's been created. And so in episode number 22, I talk about how to break bad habits and I go really far in depth as to what a habit is, how it's created, and most importantly, how to begin to break it. I follow up that with episode number 23 on how to create healthy habits. And so really understanding how the brain works and how habits are formed is critically important. So one of the reasons why you might be craving is just simply it's a habit. Your brain's like, oh, it is three o'clock. It's coffee and cookie time and it is ready to go. All right. Number seven, when it comes to our mind reasons why we crave, and that is stress. So we've talked a lot about stress so far. Mm -hmm. It's all integrated, but let's talk about the mind stress. Like stress is a big driver of cravings. And so what's happening with stress as it relates to cravings? Yeah. The same thing we just talked about. Um, And if we just go purely on just external stress. So if we're having, you know, difficult time at work or difficult time with our kids or our spouses or other family members. Shockingly, 2020 could have been a fairly stressful time for some people. Um, all that said, it's, it's going to, when you're under stress, your body is sensing that and your brain is sensing that, and it's going to cause certain hormones to get released. And those hormones that are released again, specifically cortisol is going to cause you to crave certain things because again, it wants that, that wants that immediate like rush, you know, like it's, it's almost that feeling of like adrenaline when, you know, you almost get in a car accident and you stop short and you have that feeling of like your heart's racing. That's adrenaline. You can feel adrenaline. You can't really feel cortisol. You think you feel cortisol, but you really are feeling adrenaline. So all that stuff is happening behind the scenes. And again, usually it's just more of a a mental and emotional stress. It's not a physical stress. Cause again, if it was physical, then you would need the, the energy and the quick fuel to, to, uh, get away from whatever you're trying or whatever's chasing you or something's fighting you or whatever. But unfortunately we usually just get bombarded with all this stress and then we're physically just sitting there. Right. <laughs> and then our, and all we do is all those things are caught, all those hormone soup that's raging in our body. And what it's going to do, it's going to say, you know what? I really feel like I need that X, Y, Z cookie or whatever, because it's going it, to, we want that quick fix of, of a quick fuel. And then source. we, and then we eat it 
And mm-hmm. so our, then we go back to the blood sugar spike right, and, and then, then the insulin spike. But then the problem is, is we, our cells don't really need that energy. Cause we, like you said, we're yeah. not, we're not moving or right, doing so anything. Yeah, our muscles don't so need then it. the body is just the insulin's like, okay, where do I store this? Cause I got to get out of mm-hmm. the, I got to get it out of the bloodstream. bloodstream. And so it's going to pump it into our fat cells where right. it's going or, to stay. And the more we do this, the more we stay in an elevated stressful situation, the more chronic cortisol we have yeah. cortisol plus insulin floating around in our body is going to, it's going to prevent us from ever losing the fat. And so yeah, it basically stores, it's basically locking, it's basically a lock in storage hormone. So it's just going to lock the, it's locking the sugar into your fat cells and it's not going to let you get it back out. Right. So you can literally have convenient stores of fat on mm-hmm. your body that your oh, body yeah. is Again, unable to access. Source. That's the thing is we all have this significant amount of ready fuel sitting there because that's, and that's what we really ultimately want to do is we want to tap into that. That's how you lose weight right. is because you have to actually use that fuel. It doesn't just get, it doesn't disappear. Your body uses it as energy, but if you are constantly feeding it sugar and carbohydrate in the wrong carbohydrates all the time, your body's always going to prioritize that for fuel. And it's never going to tap into that fuel source that you have sitting around your, around your body. But there's also the flip side of it. So a lot of times we'll, we'll get people telling us that like, I'm doing everything right. right. I'm eating right. I'm eating exactly, right. you know, exactly what I'm supposed to be eating. I'm exercising. I'm doing all these things. Right. So, but I'm still not able to lose weight. Right. And so I always have to ask the question, let's talk about the stress in your life. And then they're yeah. like, Oh, you know, and then they tell me about it. And it's like, well, you have to understand that no matter what you're doing, quote unquote, right. in the diet and exercise mm-hmm. department, if you've got stress, stress will kill your yeah. results every time. Again, and even you have uh, you have organs like your liver where you know if your body's sensing stress, it can actually release sugar into your bloodstream without even you eating anything. <laughs> so you might you might be doing everything right, but you're under a massive amount of stress, and that's just in itself. Even if you don't give in to the cravings, your body is still pumping out blood sugar because. Again, your body is sensing that you need it in your brain says you need it in your bloodstream. So you're going to have elevated blood sugar levels and you didn't even eat anything. So again, if you have high levels of blood sugar, you're never going to get tapped into that fat store because your body's going to always prioritize the sugar. So that means, and so this is what we do inside our programs, all mm-hmm. of our programs is that we prioritize rest mm-hmm. because while there are definitely things we need to do about stress, you know, um, stress and how we react to, to stress. It is a condition of the heart. And Mm -hmm. our, we had this message over the weekend, like this is a condition of our human nature. It is a human nature condition is to worry and stress. So we definitely, there are things we can do to, to improve the ways we respond to stress, but some of the things we don't have control over. So serenity Mm -hmm. prayer, give me the serenity to help me understand what I can change and what I can't give me wisdom to know the difference. Right. And so we got to deal with our stress that we can deal with, but the stress that we can't like, like I'm not, you know, currently I currently am a mother and there's stressors that come along with that. And I can't be in control of everything that happens with my kids. Right. And so it's going to create stress. Yes. I need to respond differently, but it's still stress. So how do I combat that stress? Well, the way that we do that is through rest. And we're Mm going to talk a lot about rest throughout our podcast. We're going to have probably a whole episode two or three just on rest. We're going to talk a lot about stress. So definitely know that that's coming, but this is our biggest antidote we have against stress is to rest and it is biblical and God encourages us and tells us to rest and we must embrace that in our life as well. So that leads us into the spiritual reasons why we crave. 
because we can't leave that out. Now, it's not a 100% spiritual battle, but we got to understand what's happening behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So this leads us to number nine as to why we crave is that you must understand that we have an enemy whose main objective is to thwart the plans of God. One of the ways he does this is by targeting God's people, by distracting us, tempting us, helping us to erect idols and strongholds in our life and tricking us to believe lies over God's truth. So for some, these strongholds might be things like drugs or alcohol or shopping or gambling, things that we automatically assume are addictions that other people have. Right. Yet food can be a tool that Satan can easily use to be, bring destruction into our lives, physical destruction, mental destruction, and emotional destruction. When food or your weight is something that takes up so much mental time and space in your mind, then what's going to happen is we're going to develop unhealthy attachments to it. Unhealthy attachments to anything is idolatry. So whatever you think of all the time is what your heart is focused on. And if you choose to turn to food instead of God for things like comfort, joy, and peace, then what's happened is that food has then taken the place of God and bondage is the result. And so now the enemy has taken something that God created, food, and is using it against us. So now instead of worshiping God and being fully dependent on him, we are looking to God's creation, food, to do what only God can do. So we are worshiping the created, not the creator. Mm. Food does not elicit joy. It does not create happiness. It does not cure loneliness. It does not reduce stress. It does not ease anxiety. It does not comfort us. Only God can do those things. God tells us in Philippians 4.19 that he can meet all of our needs according to the riches in his glory in Christ Jesus. Food will never do that. We must pull the wools off of our eyes that the enemy has put there and see these foods for what they truly are. Paul urges us in 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20, to glorify God, not just in spirit, but also in body. And I love the message version of this passage, and I want to read it to you. The message version says, just because something is technically legal, like sugar, doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get by with, I would be a slave to my whims. And you know the old saying, first you eat to live, then you live to eat? Well, it may be true that the body is only a temporary thing, but it is no excuse for stuffing your body with food. Since the master honors you with a body, honor him with your body. Or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, a place of the Holy Spirit? Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God has paid such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So let people see God in and through your body. Amen? Amen. So that's what this is all about. We want others to see God's light in and through us. And it's, it is evident in our body and what we are reflecting. So we've covered nine of the many, many, many reasons why we crave. Body reasons, mind reasons, and spirit reasons. So it begs the question, are you ready to start the journey to break free from the bondage of food and conquer those cravings so that you can be freed up to live abundantly? 
All right. So maybe you're not quite ready, ready, right? But as long as you have a willingness, you do have to be willing. You have to be willing to get on the path and say, yes, I will walk, take the first step, right? So if you are willing to learn, then we would love to teach you. Because when breaking free from sugar and carbs, you're going to need to take a full body, mind, spirit approach to conquering them. It's not just going to be one thing. We can't just do a diet. We're not going to be able to diet our way out of this predicament that we are in. We're not going to be able to just read the Bible out of it. And it is going, that is a piece of it, but it's not just a spiritual battle. We do need to make food choices and lifestyle choices that will help us get to this place where we can overcome and we can conquer. It is a full body, mind, spirit approach. And the word tells us that it is as well. And listen, it's not just going to be the one solution, right? We got to do a combination of things. And so that's why I would like to invite you to join our Conquer Your Cravings live virtual event. In this Conquer Your Cravings event, you are going to discover exactly what works when it comes to successfully conquering cravings, ditching disease, and losing weight. And you will finally crush your sugar and carb cravings using my proven body, mind, spirit plan. You're going to learn to relax around eating and get results that only God can give, making food choices based on his word and his plan. You will be in control, not food. You will also get support and encouragement from Christian women on the same journey to a healthy free life. So beginning October 14th, we will spend two full weeks together to conquer those cravings and jumpstart your health. There will be three live video teachings. There'll be five Ask Katrina Anything sessions. There will be workbooks with prayers, Bible verses, recipes, snack lists, and more. Everything you need to break free. Listen, you can do this. How do I know? Because God plus you plus me plus other Christian women plus the Conquer Your Cravings event, that is how. So if you want to conquer your sugar and carb cravings and get your health back, then I want you to be sure to register today. You can do that by visiting healthyfreelife.com forward slash cravings. Again, healthyfreelife.com forward slash cravings. I will also put that in the episode show notes to make it easy to link to. So be sure to register. I can't wait to see you there. And now let me leave you with this wisdom from Solomon in Proverbs 25, 27, where he says, it is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. Until next time, bye for now.